Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome everyone who's in the house today. Say a special good morning on this Christmas Sunday kind of service. And to those watching us online as well, um, including Pastor Rick and Miss Deb, we love you. And so forth. we're looking so forward to seeing you in the new year and getting things back in, in regular order. You see, there's a lot of things that, that we've missed out on this year. There's a lot of things that we've missed out on. Some of the things that come to mind that are regular traditions for us here are things like the Taste of the Nations. Yeah, we had to cancel the Taste of the Nations event that we have every year due to the COVID pandemic, right? So if you don't know what that is, that's an amazing, amazing event that we have every year where different churches and different people will come and perform. But before the performance happens, it's literally a Taste of the Nations because around the back in our courtyard, we have people bring food from different cultures, different cuisines, different countries around the world, and we feast and really have a true, literal taste of different nations followed up with that concert. I miss the Taste of the Nations event. I also, I also miss our walk through Bethlehem. Right? How many of you have been to a walk through Bethlehem before? That's a fun time. That's a fun time, and that brings a lot of people here. And um, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, it's something that we weren't able, we weren't able to, to do this year. I miss VBS, where the kids come, and we have tons of kids that, that come through this place, and it's just an amazing time. So there's a lot that we've missed out on. I miss just coming together once a month, or once every couple months, to have our hours of powers. Do you guys remember the hour of powers? We come and we worship, we praise God. It's an amazing, amazing time. I am looking forward to those things returning in the near future. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, as I said last week, a little reminder, Christmas at this point is only five days away. You can count on one hand at this point how far Christmas is away from us right now, right? And I want this to serve, again, as a friendly reminder for some that you have five more days, only five more days, to finish your Christmas shopping. And for some others, as I said... It's time for you to start your Christmas shopping. Time is almost running out. See, it was really easy for me this year because I pretty much just told my kids, you're not getting anything. So that made it really, really easy to shop. So my Christmas shopping, check, done. My kids are watching online. Just kidding. Just kidding. You're going to get something. I did get an early Christmas gift from one of my coworkers. I have a coworker who I've been working with for about nine years. She's a really good friend of mine, someone who I care a lot for, uh, and she has a very special place in my heart. She's actually even come to the church before on a number of different special occasions. And when this, this package came to my house that she sent to me, I opened it because it came to my house and it had my name on it, and I didn't know what it was. You see, if anyone that knows a little bit about me, they'll know that I... I kind of order a lot of stuff from Amazon. It's just something that has become something I do. And along with ordering those things from Amazon, I also kind of have a running list in my head of what I'm expecting and what day it's supposed to be arriving. So I'm prepared for all that. 
So then I saw this box come from Amazon with my address, with my name on it. I'm like, hmm, everything that I'm expecting today, I've already gotten. What could this be? So I opened it up. I was like, huh, weird. It was a mug. And then I saw a little note, and the note was, it identified who it was from. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. So on the mug that was sent to me as a gift, the mug said, be careful, or you will end up in my sermon. You see that? That's the mug that was sent to me. And what's so ironic about this statement is that usually that would be something you say to someone as a warning to be on their best behavior around the pastor, right? It would be something that we say, this is a reminder not to do anything stupid that could be used as an example in church. Well, in this case, for absolutely no bad reason, ironically, the person who gave me this mug with the warning on it just ended up in my sermon. It's funny how that worked out, but thank you very much, Vicki. I appreciate you so, so much. <laughs> Today on this day, on this Sunday before Christmas, we're going to continue in our end-of-year sermon series entitled Caroling Through the Crisis or Caroling Through Christmas. And I want to ask, have you been enjoying the sermon series? Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God for that. I'm glad you have been enjoying it. Um, and I hope as we talk about this crisis, I hope that everyone is, is managing well through the pandemic. I know it's tougher for some than for others, uh, but honestly, from me and from Living Water Community Church, to those in this building today and to those of us watching online, we truly do hope that you're faring well, that you're managing well through the pandemic. And we continue to pray for God's protection over every single one of you. Today's message is entitled, very fittingly, as the last song from the worship team said, this, this message is entitled, The First Noel. And we're going to jump straight into the text today. We're going to kick it off in Luke, Luke 2. In those days, we've read this over the past couple of weeks. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was also pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and living or lying in a manger. Suddenly, 
a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So what we just read pretty much is the, the Christmas story. The Christmas story as reported by Luke. Now let me talk about that really quick because a lot of people will read the Gospels and we all pretty much know the Gospels, right? We'll say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I think it's very common and easy for us to say, oh, well, that's four of Jesus' 12 disciples, right? How many of you say, well, yeah, that's four of the disciples, right? A lot of people think that. Luke was not a disciple. Matthew, Mark, and John were disciples of Jesus. Luke was not one of the 12 disciples in that sense, right? But why, why I feel that's important is we'll read things about the Christmas story and the work of Jesus in different Gospels, but the fact that someone who's quote-unquote on the outside, who's not part of the core 12, will write his, his, his report, if you will, of the things that took place and it perfectly align to the things that the people that were following Jesus saw and did and witnessed is a testimony to the accuracy and the validity of what the Word tells us. Amen? Amen. That's, that's the Christmas story. What I just read to you, that's the Christmas story. And the reality is that story, maybe not, you may, we may not see it because the world and kind of the eyes that we see things through, but that story is under attack. It's under attack every single day. It's attack in this country, and it's, at, in, in a, it's at attack, it's being attacked all around the world. Why? Why is it being attacked? I'll tell you why it's being attacked. It's being attacked because of this thing called the separation of church and state. Right? Church is church. Everything else is separate. Business, government, that's all, all separate. That's this thing, the separation of church and state. It's not, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing as it relates to what the ruling should be over the land. Here's just, here's just a few examples of how things have played out over years just with this separation of church and state. Did you know that a Christian employee in Panama City, Florida was fired because she refused to greet customers with happy holidays instead of her wanting to say Merry Christmas. She wants to say Merry Christmas. The store tells her, you can't say that. You have to say Happy Holidays. She doesn't want to say Happy Holidays. She wants to say Merry Christmas. As a result, she's fired. A school in the Midwest was sued because they put up Christmas decorations and failed to include decorations for the Muslim holiday, Ramadan. They ended up having to put up special decorations for Ramadan as well as a result of being sued. In the Seattle airport, there was a Christmas tree that was put on display. And the Seattle airport was sued by a man who won the, law the, the lawsuit and then had the right to display a menorah for the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. I also saw an article where right beside a nativity scene, right beside a nativity scene, 
there's something that was up there called an atheist pyramid, right beside it. And I'm sure you can't read that, because I can't read it, and I'm closer than you guys. So let me read, read what that says. On one side of that atheist pyramid, it says, the government of the United States of America is not, in any sense, founded on the Christian religion. And then on the next side, it says, there was a time when religion ruled the world. It is known as the Dark Ages. Wow. Wow. What have we come to? What have we come to as a country? In 1967, a new holiday was created. Did you know that? You probably know the holiday. I don't know if you, was, if, if you knew it was created in 1967. It was created. It's called Kwanzaa. And it was created to, to be celebrated right around Christmas time. And it was created by an, a man named Ron Everett, who later changed his name to Dr. Karenga and began practicing African traditions for black Americans. Things have gotten very, very crazy in this world. Things have gotten crazy in this country. And people want to do away with Christmas. Whether they realize that's what they're doing or not, people are trying to minimize Christmas and they're not, make, they're, not, they're not honoring the importance of what it is. There was a group of people that put up a sign celebrating Festivus. Festivus, which was a made-up holiday from the show Seinfeld. They put up a sign saying, we should have Festivus. It's not even a real thing. It's crazy. Atheists want to do away with Christmas as a national holiday. They don't even think it should be a holiday. And as far as I'm concerned, it's truly a poor reflection of, of what has become of this once great Christian nation. It's really, it's really a disgrace, to be honest with you. But don't hear me wrong. I want to say this right. I personally, I don't mind people celebrating whatever they want to celebrate. I'm not against that. There's no problem with that. But what I have a problem with is the elimination of Christmas. I have a problem with people trying to push out the real meaning to a believer, to a Christian, for something they feel it should, be, it should belong. We spoke about this a little bit last week, this, this idea of being tolerant and being intolerant. And it's, 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 it's the elimination of Christmas. It's the fact that what, what we say we should do, but what you want doesn't work, is the problem that I have with it. Many people in our, in our country, maybe even in our world, and I'm going to say including Christians, many people have been, been okay with this abbreviation of Christmas. I'm sure you've seen it, maybe you've even written it, where people will write Xmas, Merry Xmas, Happy Xmas, instead of the word Christmas. Some people will say that, okay, well, where that comes from is in the Greek, Jesus' name starts with an X, so Xmas. But I'm pretty sure that most people using Xmas don't know that. So all they're using it as is a short form, an abbreviation, instead of writing out the whole world, the whole word Christmas. And I want to say to everyone this morning, if whether you're here or watching online, if you are guilty of that, let this be a reminder to you 
to never leave Christ out of Christmas. Never leave Christ out of Christmas. It's not Xmas. It is Christmas. Amen? Amen. Amen. And there's been a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of workup and a lot of hoopla over the years about this topic. But today we're going to look at things from a little, a little different perspective. We're going to spin things around a little bit, a little bit of a different lens, if you will, on this Christmas, on this Christmas Sunday. We're going to take a look at what would life be like without Christmas. That's that's different. So let me ask this question: How many of you here? Like Christmas time. Show of hands. If you like Christmas time. A lot of hands going up. Good. How many of you would say that Christmas is your favorite time of year? I see a bunch of hands. That's awesome. See, it feels a little weird for me to, to ask that question, and I'll tell you why I say that. Most of you probably, maybe, I don't know, who knows, but most of you have probably grown up in South Florida. Maybe not. Maybe... I grew up in Toronto, Canada, okay? In case you didn't know that, fun fact. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. And right up there, you know, right beside the North Pole, right beside where Santa Claus lives, that's where my house was. And it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different for someone like me to align Christmas and the season when it's missing some elements that I'm used to, like snow, Right? Ice, cold, icicles, all these, all these things that I grew up with, tobogganing, you know what that is? You go, on a, go down a hill with some skiing, that kind of stuff. It's fun. It's fun stuff. That's what I'm used to. That, these are the things that are part of, of the Christmas season, the winter season that I grew up with. So down here when you know, people are putting up the snowmen outside and spraying fake snow on the trees are on their palm tree, or like my good friend who decorated his palm tree with lights to make it look like a Christmas tree, not calling anyone out because I'll owe them five bucks, sitting in the back there. Um, when, it, when, it, when, when, when you have that kind of thing, for me it's kind of like, ah, I mean it's, it's, still, it's still Christmas, but it's just different than what I'm used to. But anyway, beyond just my my hang-ups and missing the snow and the ice and the cold. And I'm not suggesting that I miss it. I'm saying that we don't have it in Christmas time. There's a number of other things that wouldn't happen if there was no Christmas. There's a number of things that would, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be experiencing if there was no Christmas. For example, there would be no winter family gatherings. How many of you get together with your families under normal circumstances during the Christmas season? Families come together, they eat, they hang out, they, you see people that you probably haven't seen since last Christmas, right? There would be none of that, because there would be no reason to. If there's nothing special about this, it's just, it's just winter, that's all it is, right? There would be nothing to look forward to as the days got shorter, and the thermostats started to fall down. And for us down here in South Florida, the days have been pretty cool, right? There's some people that love this weather, I actually... I really like this weather, but there's some people that are like, wow, this is way too cold. And for those wa- anyone watching online that's from out of state, in South Florida, we've been seeing temperatures in the high 50s, low 60s, I think maybe mid 50s at some point in time. 
Uh, but we're losing our minds to a certain extent. That's, that's our excuse and our opportunity for the ladies to put on those high-heeled boots and wear those big jackets with the fur on it, you know? But you can only do that like once or twice for the entire year, so this is the time to do it. It's what we do. If Christmas never happened, there would be no Christmas gifts. There'd be no Christmas gifts. There'd be no holiday traditions. We wouldn't be singing Christmas carols. No one would be looking to kiss anyone under the mistletoe. None of that would be happening. There'd be no decorations. There'd be no Christmas trees. No wreaths on your door. No lights on your house. There'd be no Charlie Brown Christmas special. There'd be no Grinch who stole Christmas. No Polar Express. We'd be missing out on all these things. It wouldn't even make sense having the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Children would have to go to school for the entire month of December. That might be a good reason. I'm just joking. But without Christmas, without December 25th, the day that we celebrate the birth of that baby, without Christmas, that day would be a very, very bad day. It would be a normal day. It would be a regular day. It would be terrible. It would be a no good day as far as I'm concerned. Especially once you know something, thinking about it, that would be a horrible day. If there had never been a Christmas, the world would be very, very different than it is today. Very, very different. In ways that you may not even imagine, ways that you may not be thinking about, the world would be very, very different. For instance, when Jesus came here, he taught his followers to love God, right? And he said, in addition to loving God, the second commandment that he brings, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus came and he said that. So to live out this idea of loving God and loving your neighbor, his followers invented the idea of organized charity, this is how charities began. And you may not know that, but it was the early Christian communities that stressed support for widows and for orphans and for the sick and for disabled. The early Christian communities are the ones that did that as a way of following the directive of Jesus to love God and love your neighbor. There'd be none of that if there was no Christmas. Those groups organized efforts to help those who were dying, those who were struggling, those who felt they had no way, down on their luck, down and out. Those folks built and they staffed and they paid for hospitals. And in recent times, Christ's followers have founded virtually every charitable organization on earth. Let me give you an example of some organizations that were founded by Christians. The Red Cross, the Salvation Army, World Relief, World Vision, Samaritan's Purse, Food for the Hungry, Compassion International, all founded under Christians, Christian beliefs, Christian principles. Without the birth of Christ, education would be very different. 
than it is today. You see, you've, I'm sure you've heard of some of these universities and colleges. Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale. Almost every one of the 123 American colleges and universities were founded on Christian values by Christians. And it's, um, it's, 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 it's sad to see how those schools now teach evolution, right? These schools are teaching evolution, that we came from a rock, or we came from a monkey, or we came from a frog, or something like that, and we morphed and we evolved over time into being the humans that God created us to be right from the beginning. These same schools that were founded under Christian values, Christian principles, have now changed denying the very existence of God in a lot of ways. Many of them do. If there had never been a Christmas, much of the good in this world would be missing. Much of the good things that you've experienced in your life would be missing. They would have never happened. Everyone has a Christmas memory. Think about it right now, just for a quick moment. I want everyone to think about your favorite Christmas Memory, the one that stands out in your mind the most when I say Christmas and you jog through all the different Christmases and whether it was a family thing or, or a, you know, a gift or whatever it was, what was your favorite Christmas memory? Just think about that for a quick moment. That one that you'll never forget. Well, without Christmas, that would have never happened. Whatever that was for you, that would have never happened. None of our great Christmas memories would have happened. But without Christmas, something far worse would, wouldn't have happened, would not have happened. Christ would not have come. And we take that at face value. We say, yeah, we know, we get that. But think about that. Christ would not have come. And I don't even want to think about what life would be like without the birth of Jesus as a human being. He came as one of us. Think about that for a minute. I know we understand, the most of us understand the message, what the gospel says, what, what, what God did for us, but just think about that. Just think about it for a second. He came as a human for us. And you see, I, that makes, me, makes my mind wander a bit about, well, what does, what's so important about that? What's so important about that? What does that actually mean? We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Scripture, John, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here was the creator. There from the beginning of time, 
The one that every, the one that made everything and that nothing was made without. He chose to become a fragile, vulnerable human coming to this earth for us. And why, why would such a sovereign being do that for us, for you, for me? Why would he do that? What possible motive could he have to come? To come and experience the, the ridicule and the scorn, the hatred that he experienced by doing that, by carrying it out. And then to only go through the, the pain of the cross, the humiliation of the cross, only to be rejected by the very people he died for. Now that goes off of my spirit because we talk about, we look at this as, a, well, when we read the scriptures, the scripture tells us that, you know, the people that, the people that were there that he was loving on, that he, he was ministering to, they turned their back on him. They rejected him and he died for them. But how many of us are still in that situation even to this day? And maybe you're not saying, Jesus, I reject you. But are your actions saying, Jesus, I'm living my life for you? Or are your actions saying, this is my life. I'm going to do what I want. Jesus, you're an afterthought. Because I want to suggest to you this morning that if you're living your life knowing the right and doing the wrong, following your own path, I want to suggest to you that you are on the borderline of rejecting what God did for us. In the same way we see it in the scripture that the people rejected, rejected him and he died for them. He died for you and me as well. So we need to be careful that we're not rejecting him. Amen? There's only one reason I can think of why he would do all that. Only one reason. And it's probably the most, the most well-known scripture in the entire Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Folks, it was, it was purely the love of God that brought the baby to this earth 2,000 years ago. Purely the love of God. But the love of God to have a relationship with every single one of us. You see, you see the way things work in God's universe, God is righteous, God is holy, God is without sin, God is perfect. It is impossible for sin to be in God's presence. So if, if God loves every single one of us and he wants you to be in his presence for eternity, but each of, each of us are sinners, how is that going to work? It's not going to work, which is why he had to make a way. This is why he had to make a way. But the reality is God loves every single one of us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son for that. It was his desire to have his creation, that's you and that's me, be with him and worship him eternally 
That's God's desire. And we, we may try to understand it, but we can't understand the, depth of, the depths of God's love. We'll never understand the depths of God's love on this earth. Never. It's incomprehensible to our little minds that anyone, much less our Creator, who doesn't need us, who doesn't need anything from us, could love us as much as He does, especially when we treat Him the way that we do. Especially when we treat Him the way that we do. Ephesians 3, 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I want to pause there for a second because when I was reading this, I was getting this picture in my mind and I'm like, wow, that's powerful. I had this picture that came to me of, of soil, just soil in an open field, right? And then people walking on top of the soil. And the person in the, in the, in the, in the vision I had the person pushed their hand down in the soil. And the vision that, what, what I was getting from it is, that soil, think of that whole soil that's underneath everything, the foundation, the root level, right, of everything. That's God's love. And He just wants us to dig in, get a little closer. How far can we dig and get involved? How far can we, can we, can we bury ourselves in God's love? Just like the plants Plants are planted, and what do their roots do? Their roots are going to dig down, right, to get the nutrients. That's the same vision that, I'm, that I got when I'm thinking of this, when I read the scripture, I'm saying God's love. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Amen? And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen? I watch my children, I've seen other children, you know, open presents on Christmas morning. And there's a lot of joy in their faces. You know what I'm talking about, right? You guys... Those who have kids, you've seen how they love to rip off the paper and they do all that. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing for, for these kids. And as a parent, it brings a lot of joy to me to watch this. The anticipation of, well, what is this? You know, we, we put a couple presents out under our tree um, and we did it. We kind of snuck it in. Like it's, we wrapped them and then when no one was looking, we came and we just, you know, put a few presents under the tree. And then what my youngest son does what he had been doing ever since the Christmas tree was put up, which my wife put up the Christmas tree the day before Thanksgiving. So my Christmas tree has been up for a minute. And the reason why is she does it so beautifully. She's like, why am I going to put it up for a week or two and then have to rip it down? It's going to go up for a month. So the day before Thanksgiving, my Christmas tree was up. But there was nothing underneath it. So recently we put a couple things underneath there. But up until that point, my son, my youngest son, 
every single day, he would, he would run out there, and he would just play on his iPad or his video games um, right beside it. And I think, I just realized that, oh, he's checking to see if there's any presents under the tree yet. I didn't realize that until we put presents under the tree. And then he went out there and said, hey, and he called his, his brothers, there's, there's presents here. So it's, it's the joy that, that we see. My wife and I were looking at each other when that happened. And there was just this joy that was overflowing in our hearts just for the, the excitement that we see, the anticipation. And he's anxious, like, can I lift it up? Can I shake it? I wonder what it is. I asked for this, this, and this, and this box doesn't look anything like them, so I don't know what this is, but I'm excited. I can't wait. We wrap those gifts up, and I'm sure you guys wrap those gifts up. Some of you are probably bag people. You put stuff in bags instead. That's my mom. My mom's a bag, a bag lady in terms of the gift-giving stuff. She just does the bag thing. We love it. We do, the, we do the paper because we love to see the kids rip it all open, but it's all the same, right? Um, but the highlight of opening Christmas presents really is watching the, the expressions on our children's faces as they unwrap that special gift that was picked out just for them. Not for their brother, not for their sister, picked out just for them. And we want our kids to have the perfect gift don't we? We want our kids to get the perfect gift for them, right? Yeah? Amen? Am I the only one? Amen. It makes us feel good to give gifts. There's nothing wrong with giving gifts. But what kind of feeling do you think that God gets whenever one of his children open up the gift that was made especially for them? What kind of feeling do you think God gets do you think that any child would leave a, a gift unopened? I know not in my house. Probably not in your house either. Especially if they know that that gift is for them. Is there any child that's going to leave? Nah, I'm not going to open that one. Probably not. Yet for so many of us, there remains an unopened gift that came from our Heavenly Father. And it's the perfect gift for you. It's a special, one-of-a-kind gift. A relationship and a fellowship with King Jesus. God wants us all to have communion with Him. He doesn't want anyone to be without this gift of salvation. God doesn't wish that on anyone. Luke 15, 7. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What does that mean? That means that if there are 100 people and 99 of them are following God, doing their best to live their life out the way that, the way that He would want them to, Right? People that he would look down and say, I'm pleased with you. But then there's one over here. There's one that's having a hard time. There's one that's straight away. He knows better, or she knows better, but she's having a hard time. And she's, and she's figuring out, you know what? 
I'm not sure if I can do this. This is challenging. This is hard. The world is pulling me in this direction, telling me this is good, telling me I need to make more money, telling me that success should be my, my ultimate goal. God, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of different priorities in my life, and I don't know which one to pick. I know that I should pick you, but it's hard, God. It's hard, God. The Scripture is telling us that when that one person, despite having 99 who have been following along, when that one person comes to the realization that, you know what, I need to make myself right with God. I need to get back on the path and work my way. It doesn't come overnight, but it's baby steps. I need to start taking the step day by day by day by day and moving back towards God. When that person realizes that, when that light bulb goes off and they start moving in that way, God says, I'm happier with that one person than the fact that these 99 haven't left me. I'm happier with one sinner who comes home than the 99 who haven't left. God wants a relationship with every one of us. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. We can't be perfect. But he's still so desperate to know you and for you to know him. Amen? God is good. We're still able to celebrate the birth of our Savior here in this country, at least for now. We're able to right now. But I do believe that we are in a relatively rough time. And it may not look, it may not look like it on the outside. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things going on. And I'm telling you, the devil is busy. The devil is active planting seeds to come against the people of God to come against the plans that God has for each and every one of us. I do believe, as Christians, I hate to sound like Debbie Downer, I do believe as Christians that times are going to get worse. As a matter of fact, the scriptures tell us that times are going to get worse. We will be asked to compromise on the truths of God's word. To accept things that are ungodly and are unholy in the name of tolerance. There's one thing that God is not tolerant of, though. Has no tolerance for it. And at the end of the day, that is un repentant sin in the believer's life. It doesn't say that you can't sin because the reality is none of us are perfect and we are going to sin. It's the unrepenting of sins that God says that's not okay. Not, if, not, if you, not, if I, not, not when you're my child. I have higher standards than that. And he imposes those standards on us and he sends along the comforter to help guide us through we need to tune into it we need to connect with his spirit and let that guide us as opposed to putting his spirit on the back burner until Sunday we need to stand strong for God now more than ever 
Be as holy as we can be. That's our call. That's not perfection. That's being as holy as we can be. You might say, Pastor Sean, how can I be good? That's too hard. Let me tell you something. As it relates to God, He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. (laughs) Pastor Sean, I can't control my temper. That's too hard. I can't resist temptation. That's way too hard. Pastor Sean, I can't even stand being around some of my in-laws. You have no idea the thoughts that go through my head when they're around. That's too hard. I love my in-laws. It is impossible. It is hard in yourself. It's impossible in yourself to live the way that God wants you to. But there is good news. There is good news. I have good news for you. 1 Peter 3. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in spirit. That's the key right there. That's the key. We have to have God's spirit living within us. That spirit, that guiding spirit, is who will help us in decreasing our flesh, fighting the resistance, the temptations, being able to to put on a smile as opposed to give someone a piece of your mind, to be able to walk away from a situation, to control your tongue, to break from the, the bondages and the strongholds that a lot of us feel. The guiding spirit, that's what we need to help us decrease our flesh, our desires, our wants, break those out, and increase Christ in us. It's the spirit. It's the spirit that does that. But we need to tap into it. We need to tap into it. I remember an illustration I I saw many years ago that was so fitting, and it it was talking about uh, a lamp. There was a lamp in this illustration, but the lamp was just unplugged. And by by itself, the lamp, it had all the potential built into the lamp, right? The lamp was ready and willing and able to, to connect, but the lamp needed to be connected to the power source. The lamp by itself was ready, but it couldn't do anything. But once that lamp was connected to the power source, now the lamp can function. Now the lamp can do what it was meant to do, what it was called to do. Do you hear me? Amen. We need to plug in to our power source, the Holy Spirit. And here we see, amen, praise God, praise God. And here we see the free gift, the free gift of God to the sinner and the gift of of God, the gift from God to the believer. Jesus Christ is God's gift for all of us, and it's free to you. It's free to you. Now, just because it's free to you doesn't mean it was free. 
Luke 11 says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Right? There's also a scripture that talks about if, if, if your child asks you for food, would you give him a rock? Would you give him a snake? No. If, you ask, if he asks you for bread, no. How much more would your heavenly Father, who knows what you want, give you good gifts? We can't outgive God, and we certainly can't give better gifts than God. Amen? Jesus Christ is God's gift for all of us, and it's free to us. God gave humanity a gift, and he was born on the first Noel. Do you know what Noel means? Noel is the French word for Christmas. But also, there's another word, Nouvelle, that it's a spin-off of, which actually means good news. It actually means good news. And there is no greater gift than the free gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus is better than getting a brand new set of golf clubs. Yep. Jesus is better than that brand new designer handbag. Yeah. You know what? Jesus is better than getting a brand new PS5. I'm saying that. I hope my kids are watching. Jesus is better than the PS5, which you're not getting. There is no greater gift. There is no greater gift. There's no decision of greater importance that any one of us can make. So my question to you, have you asked the Holy Spirit to come into your life? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? Do you acknowledge and take up this free gift what God did? for every single one of us are you living your life in a manner that is yielding or surrendering to God's spirit or are you fighting are you resisting have you put your flesh to death are you being led by the spirit are you honestly trying your best to be led by the spirit Romans 8, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Do I have anyone here today who considers themselves to be a child of God? Well, we need to make sure that we're making our daddy proud. We need to make sure that we look up at our Father and our Father, we want to put a smile on our Father's face. Amen? Amen. And if you've never opened God's free gift of salvation, if you've never done that, He's inviting you to do that today. Right now. Consider it, just like I got that mug, consider it an early Christmas present. Consider it an early Christmas present. But don't wait. Don't wait for Christmas. It's a gift that he's saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to sneak this one in. I want you to open it. Go ahead. doesn't matter if it's in a bag. doesn't matter if it's wrapped up in paper. Open it up. Go ahead. Right now. That's what he wants you to do. 
because none of us are promised tomorrow. Christmas is five days away, and I don't wish this on anyone, but none of us are promised tomorrow. As a matter of fact, we aren't even promised the rest of today. And if you haven't received this gift, this free gift of the Holy Spirit, he invites you to unwrap that present, as I said, right now, this morning. And even though we will be past Christmas soon, right before you know it, this week will fly by, the gift that you're opening, that gift of love for you and for me, that gift will never end. It will never end. It is an eternal gift. Amen? And if that's you today, if you do want to make the decision, and whether it's anyone in, the, in this, this sanctuary today under the sound of my voice, or if you're joining us online, right where you are, if you want to make that decision today to surrender your life, surrender yourself to the lover of your soul, to turn your life over, to Christ Jesus, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and take residence within you, to come and guide you and to lead you. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up, whether you're in here or you're online. And understand, I don't want anyone to be focusing on anything else. It doesn't matter who may be looking with you, it's looking at you. It's easy for people to feel self-conscious because what if people see me put my hand up? That's, that's a, it's a common way to feel. So don't feel bad if that's how you feel. But right now I'm inviting you. Don't focus on anyone else. It doesn't matter who's looking at you. It doesn't matter what they think. For those watching on, online as well. This is between you and your heavenly father. At this moment in time, no one else exists. wherever you are today on this hour Christmas Sunday service I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and repeat this simple prayer after me Lord Jesus I thank you for the sacrifice you made 2,000 years ago I admit that I am a sinner and I need a savior. Father, come into my life, come into my heart, change my mind, renew me, Lord. God, I thank you for the, the free gift that you provided. I thank you for the fact that you want an eternal relationship with me, with me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Guide me, Holy Spirit. Help me to be more like Christ. I thank you for the free gift 
for your eternal love. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.